Sasha. Hey, Courtney. Pete and his twin Repeat were in a boat. Pete fell out. Who was left? Repeat. Pete and his twin Repeat were in a boat. Pete fell out. Who was left? Repeat. Pete and his twin Repeat were in a boat. Pete fell out. Who was left? Repeat. It's spoop hour! <laughs> Courtney, I have a family. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this way. You don't have to keep repeating the joke. But Pete and repeat where to No, pop. let them both drown. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Spoop Hour. We're a paranormal comedy podcast where one of the hosts might commit a murder tonight. Who knows? Who is it gonna be? We, we just don't know. <laughs> I'm Courtney, that's Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the first time this evening that I was just like, Ugh. It's true. A minute ago, you also suggested a title for this episode, and I just put my head in my hands so I, I couldn't fight you. I watched the life drain out of Sasha. <laughs> I aged 10 years. It was really sad. It's like the reverse of, this tweet cured my acne and it's... made me grow five inches. It was the opposite of that, because I suggested we call this episode Twinister, because today we're talking about sinister twins. Twinister. Get it? We put the words twin and sinister together. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. You're laughing right now. Go ahead and laugh. Anyway, Spooky Twins, that is the name of the game yep. today. We've touched on the topic before. Yes. With a lot of spooky twin bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because with... I also tweet, it, not tweet, I teach <laughs> spooky twins. Yes. <laughs> and, I mean, they're not that spooky. They're m- mostly goofy. Yeah, it was just that one time. It was just that one time. Where they picked the same thing. Where yeah. Where they could not could when, possibly um, know. Yeah, back in January when we had our IB exams and everything is randomized and somehow my twins both picked the same random poem and same random text to discuss in their 20 minute oral and I was like I don't understand how you did that but Spooky okay twin bullshit because everything was randomized yeah. and everything had been like shuffled, shuffled at yeah. that point the one couldn't tell the other that like what number they had yeah. picked pick four in and you'll get the book that we both prepare right it yeah, so yeah. some spooky twin bullshit. Spooky twin bullshit. Anyway, we're Spoop Hour. We have a non-spooky twin bullshit snack today. Mm-hmm. Courtesy of my mom, if you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, you will have gotten a sneak peek of today's snack. My mom, for our six-month anniversary, sent us custom Spoop Hour Rice Krispie Treats with our logo on them. From Edible Gifts Plus. And... Edible treats for any occasion. They... They do mean any occasion, and they do not want you to actually eat them because we struggled for yeah. longer than it would take two adults to open a package to open this package. But they came with reusable bows. Yeah, so Sasha's going to recycle those when she goes to Disney. Yes. And we're just going to have a grand old time today. So if you didn't catch all of these Rice Krispie goodness things on Instagram or Twitter, we are at Spoop Hour on both, or you can always reach out to us at spoophour at gmail.com. 
but that's where you'll find us and a number of us a number of you have found us yes and, <laughs> and we, we love, love interacting it. with you so it's great when you say nice things to us one of us will cry sometimes both it, it's mostly courtney it's mostly yesterday me. i i made, like was laughing at her because she was crying on the couch i was happy crying you were happy crying because we have a really great fan i was like oh my god thank you deborah messing thank you deborah messing we've been watching a lot of project runway which is not spooky no but shut up it's fucking red but today we also marathoned the whole second half of Riverdale up to we, what's aired. We did, so. and there was spook- a lot of spooky twin bullshit. There was a, there was at two sets of spooky twin bullshit because yeah. we had that weird commercial too. Yes, we did have yeah, the weird commercial, which is it's for the seedless clementines because kids can't handle seeds, and it's like give them good choices to make. And it was this pair of creepy twins where they're like, "We love dolls. Mommy says you can stay as long as you want. Would you like to?" And then the little girl like, leaves. Drive. Yeah. <laughs> And so that, so was, that round was one. And then round two is that there is a twin motif in Riverdale in that <laughs> there's Cheryl and Jason Blossom, mm-hmm. uh, a major spoiler Blossom family thing. If you are not caught up if on If you're not Riverdale, caught up, we won't say it. Turn off the podcast now. And then there's also, I mean, like, this is revealed, what, at the, in, during se- season one, but Polly is oh, pregnant yeah. with twins as well. So, yes. like, there is a bunch of twins. It's genetic through the Blossom family. And then, actually, the or- original sin of the Blossom family is that great-grandpappy Blossom killed, killed his twin brother. Great-grand-uncle Blossom. Yeah, so, you know. Over. It's a cool yeah. thing. So, if you like twin bullshit... <laughs> Riverdale Season 2, Part 2, might be <laughs> right up your alley. <laughs> There's so much spooky twin bullshit. If you aren't sure if you're into twin bullshit, we're going to get into that today. But first, you want to talk about the spooky things that have happened to us this week? Because I have a story. Yes. Over the weekend, we ordered food, which is not an uncommon occurrence in our apartment because we are lazy adults, and... I don't order food that much. No, you don't. No. We're very proud of you. Yes. <laughs> but when you do order food, it's almost always pads at you. Yeah, but I usually drive and pick it up. That's true. Yeah, so I don't have to pay, pay that delivery charge. <laughs> <laughs> Other roommate and I will order food. So over the weekend, we ordered food, and it was getting to be about the time where the food was expected, and we hear... Very softly, just like that, three knocks with a space in between them, very, very quietly to the point where I looked at her and I was like, was that it? Was that the door? So I got up and I looked through the people and there's no one there. And we're like, okay, that was just a weird thing, whatever. And then a couple minutes later, once again, we hear only two knocks this time. And again, it was very quiet. So I got up. And I walk over to the door, and I peek out, and there is actually someone there. So I open the door, but it's Sasha. It's not food. Well, and so I was walking outside and saw Courtney walking towards the kitchen and was going to, like, knock on the door to be like, hey, open up because my hands are full. Yeah. But I managed to, like, finagle my key into the one hand. I put it in the door, like, right when you opened it, and... Courtney had her self-defense thing <laughs> in I, her hand ready to punch me in the throat. But I, I didn't. Was, I was scared. <laughs> I was Because I thought I was going to be, like, jumped <laughs> just I trying was, to get into my apartment. I was rattled. I realized it was Sasha, so there was no danger. You were never in any throat-punching danger. But, but it, I was rattled because <laughs> I wasn't sure. Because I didn't know that. Yeah. From my end, I was like, oh, my God. It's someone trying to ascertain if somebody's home. And that's why they keep knocking and then waiting. They're waiting for us to open the door so they can break in and jump us. So I was like, I'm going to put on my self-defense keychain and punch these assholes in the throat. 
But there were no assholes. It was just some weird door-knocking ghost. So that was fun. Yeah, I, I can't explain what it could have been because I wasn't home and yeah. I did, never heard anything. And yeah. so I was like... It stopped after you came home. So. Yeah, I don't know. I was just trying to get my keys out. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was a weird thing. And I have no explanation. So yeah. if you have thoughts on that, email us at spoophour at gmail.com or follow us on social media. It's nothing that spooky happened to me, but it's also only Wednesday when we're recording this. Oh, that's true. So, we'll see. But yesterday we were doing, like, philosophical questions in my IB class about, like, so we're, we're studying Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, and mm-hmm. before we get to that, we were, like, looking at the difference between absurdism, existentialism, and nihilism. Yeah. And and we were just doing a couple of, like, you know, icebreaker questions and whatever, and um, I ended up put, having to put my twins on the spot for a couple of them because they were kind of, like, divisive within the class. And mm. so I was trying to think about, like, how the two of my twins voted anonymously, and I, like, put them on the spot to, like, tell me, like, how they voted. But they were on par for a lot of it, and then we talked a lot about nature versus nurture and mm. that kind of thing. And we talked a lot, not just about twins, but about siblings and whatnot, and how many of us like feel like we're very close to our st- siblings, or how many of us feel like we have very different personalities. Yeah. And it was interesting to like get the twin perspective on that. Yeah. So, that was cool. It, it is- wasn't spooky, it was just about twins. It is interesting that I think part of the reason why we haven't figured out the connection between nature and nurture is because... Mm. The clearest way to study it and conclusively say which is nature and which is nurture is with identical twins who are separated at birth mm-hmm. and raised in different circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen all that often. So And it also seems unethical. Well, yeah, like we're not gonna we're not gonna fuck with twins by being like, Okay, parents, we're separating your babies. It's the sort of thing that we would need to stumble upon early on so yeah. that we could study it. Well, and, and then the other thing is like that wasn't there like a study or something where they like just tried to raise a person like mm-hmm. without any interaction or oh, whatever yeah. and that fucked them up yeah they never learned like language acquisition or anything yeah so nature and nurture it was at least the case i'm thinking of mm-hmm. i believe they called her genie and they found her she'd been severely abused mm-hmm. and isolated from everyone and she was like 12 but she hadn't properly formed language because no one ever talked to her and mm-hmm. they were trying to teach her but they were unsuccessful because the part of your brain that learns language if you don't use it it stops working, mm-hmm. and they ran into that with her, and they were never able to properly, like... Yeah, that sounds right, because my yeah. kids, yesterday, when we were doing these philosophical questions, yeah. it was, like, the, a bunch of the kids who took um, IB psychology, mm-hmm. or who were, were in the class at that time, were like, oh my god, we've talked about this in class, mm-hmm. and they talked about a lot of the philosophy mm-hmm. stuff in theory of knowledge, Ooh. and or T-O-K, and I was like, okay, we're, okay, fine. <laughs> you were like, T, okay. okay. Yeah, but it was it was interest it was an interesting conversation to have with them. Yeah, so we're gonna have an interesting conversation today about some spooky twins. Yeah, I've, I I've got some terrible stories. I have one that I read about years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the context. I think I was just like, hmm, and mm-hmm. then I clicked on it, and it was like, what the fuck? So I'm gonna tell that story to Sasha, and she's gonna spook me out, and then we're gonna try to sleep tonight because we had a snow day today, and I have a snow day tomorrow. I, because my county is 90 miles, 90 square miles. And <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Any weather that happens in the northwest part of the county closes the rest of the county. So. <laughs> yeah, for me, I won't know until the morning what my work situation is. Mm-hmm. So we'll find out. But anyway, shall I tell you some spooky twin bullshit? Yes. Or do I... we real quick want to discuss Snack It? Let's talk about Snack It. Okay. Because that's not spooky. Yeah. So before we spoop you out, just a couple more minutes of, of epic chatter. 
we plugged it on Twitter and we made a point to mention it a couple of weeks ago. But for us, March Madness is all about this thing called the Snack It. Yes. As you may know, because you have been listening to this podcast, we love snacks. Mm-hmm. We are a pro snack podcast. And the Snack It is March Madness, but for snacks. So mm-hmm. it will take different foods and pit them against each other in a March Madness style bracket. And then you vote on which ones advance. Last year, chips and guac won. Which I'm not mad about. I kind of am. Because my... Everybody's voting strategy for the snack it is different. Mine is imagine the worst of each category, and then if it's still enjoyable, vote for that. So I voted for tater tots because even bad tater tots are okay. Bad chips and guac is disgusting. But that's me. Mm, I've had some bad tater tots though. Oh yeah. And I would think I would take bad chips and guac over bad tater tots. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so the new snack it is. But up. also, I don't think tater tots are a snack. Oh, interesting. I think they're a side dish. Fair. Yeah. Fair. So the new snack gets up. There are four regions. We're currently in the middle of the second round of mm-hmm. snacketing. But by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be the third. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the third bracket will have dropped on Sunday. If you go through our Twitter, we'll be sure and tweet the link again to the form. And if you have a Facebook, you can go to the Snack It and join the group, and then the, you can get all the Snack It updates. And the group is, like, maybe the one of the better parts of the Snack It, because the Snack It, like, you have to wait, wait week to week yeah. to read the comments and everything that the Snack Czar AJ puts up, but, like... Reading all of the discourse and the discussions, <laughs> especially when things get really heated oh, and people yeah. start like, I mean, it's, they're, I, I imagine everyone's screaming at oh, each yeah. other, even though they're all just typing it out. <laughs> but it's just so funny to see like how heated people get about certain snacks. Baked brie isn't a snack. It's oh, a yeah. disgusting thing that my grandmother makes. Yeah, that, that's a thing that like, did, did brie make it? This, this it did. Round? Yeah. So last really year excited. brie was like a really divisive issue. It was a dark horse. Yeah. I love baked brie. It is very controversial. Some people hate it. Yeah. And it's, again, like, what is your definition of a snack versus, like, Mm -hmm. what someone else's definition of a snack is? And And there was a great comment that I saw recently when someone brought up the baked brie debacle, and she was like, I just had a baby mm-hmm. and I still managed to make myself a baked brie as a snack while my baby was sleeping and I enjoyed that shit because <laughs> I have a baby and I'm so stressed out and it was like all right girl yeah like yeah. I think she like definitively proved that baked, baked brie is not that hard to make because like you wrap cheese you wrap and bread bread and then enjoy enjoy hashtag blessed I, I love all the comments. There will be people who are like, my boyfriend and I almost broke up because of gushers. Yeah. <laughs> or I asked my boyfriend to marry me so I could divorce him because he voted against Oreos Dunkin' Oreos, Milk. Dunkin milk. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a very hot button issue and we here at Spoop Hour want you in on the fun. So go vote in the Snack It and tell us your thoughts on snacks. Yes. And yell about them in the Facebook group. Yes. Because I recently posted a sassy comment that got me some attention because they were talking about, wow, I can't believe Cool Ranch Doritos got knocked out in the first round. And my comment was, this would never have happened to Nacho Cheese Doritos. Mm. <laughs> and I got into it with a diehard Cool Ranch fan. Yeah, I was really upset that AJ didn't put my Simpsons reference in the, the <laughs> Snack It comments for round two. Because, mm-hmm. and then I just like ate 64 slices of American cheese to, <laughs> you know, eat away the pain. Mm-hmm. Yep. No. All right. So that's the snack it. So let's talk about twins. Yay! I'll get us started with my spooky tale of the Gibbons twins, who are sometimes known as the silent twins. As I said at the top of the episode, this is a story I read a few years back 
you may be familiar with it, but I just love all of the details of it because it is deeply upsetting. And most of this information is from Wikipedia. It's not just a creepypasta. It's not, well, they were just twins who were just slightly weird, so people made up the story. No, this is legit documented what happened to them. So, hold on tight, because it's about to get weird. In 1963, June and Jennifer Gibbons were born to Barbadian parents in a small town in Wales. Even though June was born first, Jennifer quickly became known as the dominant twin. Conventional knowledge suggests that the twin that comes out first is usually the, the more alpha. outgoing alpha twin rather than Yeah, the my, one. my story has an alpha twin too. Yeah. Yeah. But weirdly, in this one, the alpha twin is the one who came out second, hmm. which is a little unusual. One medical expert who would come to know the girls would say that at times it seemed like Jennifer, the alpha twin, quote, possessed her sister. Mm. Even June and Jennifer would say that it was like they would switch personalities and take turns either being June or Jennifer. So, right off the bat, kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But, you know, twins. Right. They're weird. It's fine. Unfortunately, Wales in the 60s, and possibly also today, was hella racist, and June and Jennifer were picked on at school for being the only black children there. Uh, and kids are terrible, yeah. and if we don't teach them not to be racist, they'll be racist. Right. In response, June and Jennifer were increasingly withdrawn because anytime they put themselves out there just by mm-hmm. going to school, they'd get picked on. Right. So most of the time they spent their, most of their time together, they would be silent. Yeah. And they would only speak to each other. They wouldn't speak to their parents. They wouldn't speak to anyone outside the family. They wouldn't talk at school. They would not talk. It eventually got so bad that they started communicating in a private language, which once it was studied, was believed to be a combination of Welsh slang and Barbadian Mm, slang. mm -hmm. So just a combination of that and then abbreviated and smushed together. Mm -hmm. So they made up a language to talk to each other so that no one else could talk to them. Ultimately, they just completely gave up talking to literally anyone else Mm. except for their younger sister. But that was it. It was the two of them would speak to each other and their younger sister Rose and then otherwise they were basically mute. Mm -hmm. At age 14, the twins were told by a series of therapists that they should be separated for their own good. Right. So the idea was that if we separate them, by rights, they will have to start talking to someone else. They can make friends. They can be healthy. They've just developed this unhealthy attachment to each other. Yeah. We got to plunk them in new environments And everything will be fine and dandy. Sure. So the twins were sent to different boarding schools in the hope of forcing them to make friends and communicate in the outside world. However. Lol, nope. It did not work. Upon arriving at boarding school, each twin became catatonic and they couldn't even get them to move, let alone speak. Oh, man. Can you imagine? There's this little girl who's just staring at you and you can't even get her to move. This makes me really happy that my set of twins that I have this year yeah. are, like, super well adjusted. Yeah. Because the two of them are very similar people. Yeah. But they both also, like, have... I, the longer that I know them, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, you have, like, very distinct personalities. Yeah. Like, the first couple of weeks that I had them as students, I was like, yeah, I really can't tell you guys apart. But now I'm, like, immediately I know mm-hmm. which one's which. Even if they, like, sat in each other's seats, I would know, would know. like, who was who. But they also are planning on going to different colleges. Right. Because they want to be a part. <laughs> well, yeah. They want it's... to be able to live their own, you know, own yeah. lives. It's, um... Like, it's tough enough to be, I'm a younger sibling. Mm-hmm. It's tough enough to be like, oh, you're so-and-so's sister. Right. And that's tough enough. It's it's even harder when it's like, oh, you're the twin. Yeah. 
Yeah, and apparently I'm set to get two more sets of twins in Ivy oh, English next year. Good. Yeah. Spooky twin bullshit on spooky yeah. twin bullshit. Right. Yeah, the only twins I've ever known, I never knew both twins well enough to uh, determine. Yeah. Like, we have a friend now who is one half of a twin, and I've met her sister a couple of times, but I don't know her well enough to say conclusively yeah. what their deal is. And then I went to college with one half of a set of twins, but mm. her sister went to a different school. Yeah, same. I had one friend in college who I didn't even know she was a twin oh. until graduation day, and her parents had... To, and it, her college and her sister's college graduated the same day and her parents had oh. to just split up parent and like trap it. <laughs> not parent trap just like one yeah one parent over here one parent <laughs> over there and then they met halfway to have like lunch with all nice. like their family and everything yeah the twin i knew in college had mentioned that she had a sister but we didn't find out that it was a twin until later and then we didn't find out that it was an identical twin until we were at a game she was a trumpet player like me and we were marching into the stadium. Wait, who had a twin? Shelby. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So her sister obviously was not in marching band uniform. Right. She was just watching us warm up and go to the stadium because that's the thing you did. And our friend Josh described it as, what is Shelby doing out of her uniform? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, she has a legit twin. Yeah, that's too funny. Yeah. For the most part, I think... I'm going to go out on a limb and say most twins are well-rounded enough that they don't need the other twin right. to survive. Mm -hmm. Like, they have other friends, and they probably want to have their own independent identity, mm -hmm. which is why I don't support people who force their twins to dress the same and just, like, let them be their own people. Yeah. But these two were willingly separating themselves from the world. And part of it, I'm mm -hmm. sure, is a response to the bullying. bullying yeah. Like, that sucks. Mm -hmm. There's no call for it. It's just shitty racism. Mm -hmm. Don't fucking do that. But they also self-isolated to a degree that is insane. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna get worse. Mm. Because they were catatonic once they got to boarding school, their parents and all the therapists were like, all right, we fucked up. Yeah. We gotta fix this. We gotta stick these two back together. So the parents gave up and reunited them, but June and Jennifer were very leery after yeah. that because they'd been separated before they didn't want to risk it again yeah so they still kept to themselves and almost always kept to their room and while they were in their room they would build elaborate fantasy worlds with their dolls and they would even write and record stories and plays so they were the original podcasters they would okay. they would record themselves reading their stories sure. for their sister or just for their own yeah. enjoyment so they'd write something they'd read it out loud and they'd record mm -hmm. themselves Eventually, they would publish a few novels through a self-printing press. Okay. So they found a publishing house that was just self-printing, and they mm. both put out a couple of different novels, which seems fine. It seems like, oh, this is the beginning of a sweet childhood movie about twins who make their own universe. But and... this is spoop hour, so I feel like <laughs> it's not going in that direction. It's going to take a turn. Oh, Their great. stories and games all had a common thread. They were really dark. Mm-hmm. They would dwell on themes of death, destruction, and criminal mayhem. They would even record the deaths of their dolls in a particular notebook. So they would act out scenarios in which their doll would die, then they'd take details, notes, and a sort of coroner's report inside this notebook, including information about the doll's cause of death. Spooky. Which is a bit... But also... Like, I would force... Fascinating. Yeah, I would force my brother when I was growing up to play Barbies with me, and he would always make Barbie drive off of a cliff because he didn't want to be playing Barbies. 
and I told him he was playing wrong, but then Barbie would die in a helicopter crash instead. So, (laughs) I get it. That's a thing that happens, but to take a coroner's report, that's next level. Who taught them how to do that? I don't know, because they weren't talking to anyone. That was really spooky for a second. I think you pushed on the thing, and it touched my foot, and I thought it was Zelda, and I looked down, and there was no cat. I just spooked Sasha with our podcasting mic cord. It's okay. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> so in oh. June, who is the beta twin, yeah. in her, one of her novels is called The Pepsi-Cola Addict, and it's about a high school hero type who is addicted to Pepsi-Cola, as the name would imply. He is seduced by his teacher and then sent to reform school, where a guard attempts to seduce him, too. In the alpha twin, Jennifer's The Pugilist, a doctor kills his dog in order to use its heart to save his child, but the child is then possessed by the spirit of the dog and seeks revenge on his father for killing him. Mm-hmm. So, weird shit for, like, at this point they were probably, like, 11 or 12. They were really young. Yeah. Yeah, so they were coming up with some really dark stuff at a very early age, yeah. and there's no indication of how they knew about it. Right. Like, I don't think 12-year-old me would have been able to come up with this shit. Mm -mm. Like, I consider myself an imaginative person, but, like, damn. Mm -mm. By the time they were 16 years old, the twins were living on public assistance and they were miserable. Their bond, which had previously spared them from their hellish school years, suddenly seemed more like an albatross and more like a punishment. Mm. In her diary, because both girls were avid diarists, Jennifer, the alpha twin, wrote, quote, we have become fatal enemies in each other's eyes. I say to myself, can I get rid of my own shadow, impossible or not possible? Oh, God. Without my shadow, would I die? Without my shadow, would I gain life, be free, or left to die? Mm. Grappling with some dark themes mm-hmm. at age 16, June wrote in her diary, quote, She wants us to be equal. There is a murderous gleam in her eye. Dear Lord, I am scared of her. She is not normal. Someone is driving her insane. It is me. Hmm. So around this time, like I said, the twins were both 16. They started acting out. So they were drinking, they were doing drugs, your typical teenage stuff. Yeah. But then they committed a series of arsons. And they were caught for those and committed to Broadmoor Hospital, Mm -hmm. a high-security mental health hospital where serial killers and other serious criminals lived. Which seems like a lot more than the slap on the wrist that ordinary teenage offenders would get. June, the beta twin, speculated that they were disproportionately punished because they did not speak. Yeah. And compared their 12-year mandatory sentence to the standard two-year one for other juvenile offenders Mm -hmm. who had committed similar offenses. So, the system is now disproportionately punishing them. They are now confined to this very, very strict and very secure hospital Mm -hmm. where serial killers live. So, everything's going to go great for them. What year is this? I couldn't find the exact year like when decades? they were committed, but yeah. at this point it's like late 70s. Okay. Because in 1980, investigative journalist Marjorie Wallace met the girls and started chronicling their lives for an eventual biography. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind that in the 80s, it was before we had any kind of reform system in place. Right. And the way we operated our mental health facilities mm-hmm. was even worse than is it is England? today. Yeah, this is, this yeah. is still Wales, I Wales. think. okay. As far as I can tell. They're in a pretty miserable place with a rudimentary understanding of the way the brain works. Yeah. And they're just, it's going great. Mm -hmm. So Marjorie Wallace 
started taking notes on their lives because she was planning on writing a biography about these two twins mm-hmm. because she was fascinated by them. During their years in Broadmoor, Wallace noted an odd arrangement between the girls. And this is where it goes from, like, these are kind of dark girls who have very vivid imaginations to, oh my god, what? Mm-hmm. June and Jennifer had agreed that if one of them died, the other would live a normal life and communicate with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Eventually, this morphed into a different arrangement. It was now no longer if one of them died. Now it was that one of them must die so that the other could live. Oh, Lord. The twins even agreed on who would be the one to die. And Jennifer, being the stronger alpha twin, mm-hmm. volunteered as the sacrifice for June. Oh, my God. So we're now, flash forward, it's 1993, Mm -hmm. and in March 1993, the twins were now 30, they had served out their time, but they were still committed, Yeah. but they were being transferred to a lower security hospital. Mm -hmm. Jennifer laid her head on June's shoulder on the bus and said, quote, at long last, we're out. When they arrived at the new hospital, Jennifer was unresponsive. She was taken to the hospital and died that night of acute myocarditis, a sudden inflammation of her heart. June, when questioned, said that Jennifer had been acting oddly for about the past day and that her speech had been slurring. She even said that Jennifer referred to the fact that she was dying. On a visit to June a few days later, Wallace, their investigative journalist friend, said that she was in a strange mood and that she said, quote, I'm free at last, liberated, and at last Jennifer has given up her life for me. Hmm. Coroners could not find any cause of why Jennifer died. Like, obviously she had myocarditis but there was no infection they couldn't find any source of any infection no reason why she should have myocarditis nope there was no poison no drugs nothing because they thought well maybe june's acting a little weird and they had this weird arrangement Mm -hmm. maybe june murdered her sister by like poisoning her with strychnine but there was nothing in jennifer's system right she just up and died and to this day it's now what 25 years later Mm -hmm. we still don't know Mm -hmm. the cause of her myocarditis is unknown and it's an unsolved mystery How's uh, June? June has been thriving since her sister died. Jesus. She was released from the new hospital about a year after Jennifer died, Mm -hmm. and she lives a normal, healthy life. She is no longer under psychiatric observation, and she lives near her parents in Wales. Her community even accepted her back Mm -hmm. with open arms, and she was trying to put the past behind her. Weirder still, she declined to press charges of neglect against Broadmoor against her family's wishes. Because her family felt that Broadmoor had provided them insufficient care, and right. that's why her myocarditis hadn't been picked up. Maybe Jennifer would still be alive right, if right. Broadmoor had, like, done yeah. their fucking job. But June said, no, I don't want to sue them. Hmm. Which is very strange. Yeah. And it's just, and that's it. It's a puzzle. She, as far as I can tell, she's still alive. She's still happy. And she's now just bubbly social she's been interviewed by a whole bunch of different publications Mm. she's just like a normal person she's not isolated she's not sad she doesn't Mm. seem weighed down she's just a normal person and all it took was her twin dying hmm i my great uncle yeah he's kind of estranged from our family like my grandma still talks to him because Uh you know they're they're siblings or whatever but Mm. like Evidently, I met him at my great grandma's funeral when mm-hmm. I was in middle school. No, when I was in high school, but mm-hmm. like, I just cannot even picture what he looks like. My dad was like, "Just picture your grandma, but like lankier and a guy." And I was like, <laughs> "I that's I can't. I, I don't know how to do that." Yeah. But his crazy wife. Mm-hmm. 
oh. is a twin. And I think I've told this story on this podcast before, but, like, her twin is dead, mm-hmm. was murdered by her third, well, we're assuming murdered by her third <laughs> husband, but Jesus. she also had a third husband because she was kind of a Black Widow type person. Oh, good. And... I, know I don't think that you, I don't know that you've told it on the podcast, podcast but, I think but you've told I told it to you, me. yeah. And then my great uncle has said before, like if anything weird happens to him, or like if he just suddenly drops dead one day, mm-hmm. to suspect his wife. And we're like, damn! But it's like, like this weird thing where like he also is pretty sure like he can't just like up and leave her without also like incurring her incurring wrath. her wrath and then maybe also dying. So. Yeah, that and they're sucks. they're from like a like a uppity like well to do well known family mm-hmm. in the state in which they live, <laughs> which I'm not going to specify. No, I mean they're they're like you know in their seventies or right. at this point, but like you know that's yeah. so scary. I feel like their kids are. I mean their kids are fairly. My, my dad's cousins. Yeah, seem fairly normal. Well, that's good. They're not my favorite people. Well, but they. I remember them being, like, really nice to me at the funeral. Well, that's good. Which was good, but I know that since then, like, there's just been some weirdness and whatever on that side of the family, so we don't really talk to them. Fair. Yeah. Also, they're from a state that we don't care for. (laughs) Again, I'm not going to (laughs) name states, but um, they're from a region of the country where we're like, "Mm, Eh, pass. Pass, yeah. Yeah. Again, I've only set foot in that state once, and it was for a funeral, so... So, grand time. I don't plan on going back. Yeah, it's just... (sighs) Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Twins, but yeah, it's like both of the these twin women mm-hmm. who I'm not blood related to. Thank that's, God. That's this thing, like, I've had to specify that before telling this story. I'm not blood related <laughs> to them. But, like, they're, they are, like, a special kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is because they were twins, but also they grew up, you know, very privileged and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a reason why the the one who's dead, like never got caught for all the things well, that she did do yeah. until her third husband wised up and killed her first. <laughs> oh my god, uh, that's insane. One, I, <laughs> I want to watch the future film about that side of your family. I, yeah. And two, like, I'm, I'm, when you were saying that, and even with this story, it makes me think about the whole evil twin thing. Yeah. Because how long has that been a trope? Right. And then actually, I don't know if you knew, knew my friend Candace in college, but for a while she worked for Discovery Channel mm-hmm. and they had that series called Evil Twins and she was oh. a producer on that show. Nice. Yeah. It was hmm. crazy. That's, that show is bonkers. And actually, like, if you're looking for a lot of like evil twin stuff, like yeah. evil twins, I don't think, I mean, it's not on the air anymore. Yeah. But, like, I'm sure that they're, like, one of the streaming yeah. services has it. I'm but, yeah, that was always, like, really crazy. Like, the different stories yeah. that came up about these, like, murderous twins and, and stuff. And that's, that's weird. I wonder, like, obviously now it's such a part of the lexicon. Mm-hmm. It's like, ooh, which of these is the evil twin? But, like, that had to become a thing because all of these stories yeah. kept coming out. I've never asked the twins that I teach which one's the evil, evil twin. <laughs> I do know which one is better at thinking on their feet. I know oh. which one is better at writing. Because remember I had that oh, poll yeah. up? Yeah, I put a poll up mm-hmm. in, on our like classroom website that was like, do you guys want to do a four to six page paper that's going to take you like three weeks to write? Or do you want to do a 90 minute in-class essay? Mm-hmm. And the twins voted differently. But it okay. fit their personality. Yeah, <laughs> but so. I, won- I do wonder which one's the evil twin. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, they're it, both nice people. You're so. not gonna know until it's too late, <laughs> right? You'll be like, as the one is stabbing you, you're like, oh, yep, oh, it's this it was one. This one. I know. No, it. they're again, they're both very well-rounded individuals. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's I'm not odd. worried about them. I wonder, and like, obviously, it's rare enough that like we can't study it but like mm-hmm. there has to be something in the way that people raise twins mm-hmm. or the way twins have coded dna yeah. that like sometimes there's an evil one right <laughs> my favorite evil twin story is actually that simpsons treehouse of horror oh yeah you go and I was bart thinking about right that. because then they realize that bart was the evil uh-huh. twin and he should have been the one who was chained up in the attic mm-hmm. not hugo yeah hugo was just nice and he thought he was only weird because he'd been chained in the attic yeah and bart was the bad one which messed me up as a kid my favorite evil twin story is there is an episode of law and order svu that i think i've talked about on this podcast mm-hmm where there's this serial rapist who has a distinctive tattoo because it's SVU. <gasps> yeah, And like, yep. and they just, they describe him and they find the guy and he has the tattoo and he has the face and he doesn't have any alibis for the nights that these crimes were committed, but he insists he's innocent. And it turns out that he was one half of a twin set mm-hmm. and he was adopted out. His mom gave him up for adoption, but she kept the other twin and she had some sort of issues where she like fucked up the other twin and so he was jealous that the other twin turned out okay so he got the same tattoo so that he could frame him for this series of crimes because their dna would match everything is the same except for the fingerprints and he always wore gloves which is bonkers and obviously law and order svu is a well put together documentary starring ice tea so obviously obviously so yeah you want to spook me out with some twins yeah sure i'm going to tell you the scarier one first just in case we run out of time for the other one but but i was thinking along the lines of movie twins first and that's sort of how i like back kind of went backwards to find this real set of twins oh Um, but you know shining twins well yeah well not not quite the shining twins but that's sort of where i started right so famous movie twins like the ones from the shining Mm mm-hmm the ones from the Parent Trap. Oh, <laughs> those are the both of them are the evil twins. Right. Um, also, what the fuck, parents? I'll I just know. take one kid and never tell her she has a sibling. Right. What the fuck? Right, and it's or you know my personal favorite ones, Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, <laughs> in Twins, where the the catch line or the the tagline for that movie is only their mother can tell them apart. <laughs> Like, yes. Uh, the my 90s fav- were a simpler time. My, my favorite twins. And then, um, and then, like, recently there was that movie called Legend with Tom Hardy about mm-hmm. the Cray twins. They were, you know, mob bosses, or mob mm-hmm. pe- mobsters in, um, in what, London? Somewhere in England. I don't yeah. know. It was, it was Tom Hardy playing twins, and it was, it looked interesting. It looked exciting. Like, yeah. a nice little action film. Yeah. But, but I found this other movie called Dead Ringer, and it's from, I think, 1988. It's about the Marcus twins, and they were played by, I said it before. Greg Kinnear. No. No. Oh, Jeremy no. Irons. Jeremy Irons. No. no. The one where <laughs> Greg Kinnear and Matt Damon played conjoined twins. And I'd never heard of this film. And I was like, what the hell? It came out in like 2003. In like, my what, defense. What are Greg Kinnear and Matt Damon at this point? I in 2003. In 2003. I feel like at that point, by that point, they had both been in like Academy Award nominated yeah. movies. And I- they played conjoined <laughs> twins for some like drunken debacle comedy. I feel like Matt Damon had already started the Bourne series. Yeah, like both of them were too successful to Greg be Greg Kinnear was in You've Got Mail, the world's greatest movie. Like, yeah, but he wasn't the main character. No, he wasn't. He but was, he was. Im- he was important. He was. He he was there. He's important to to some degree. 
I don't know. My mom loves that movie, so I mean, I love so that movie. Guys. It's a great movie. I love that movie, but I don't think Greg Kinnear is really that important to the storyline, except that he breaks up with Meg Ryan and sets her Spoilers! free. Spoilers! So that this movie came out I had so long ago. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think he's that crucial to it. Like she could have been single the entire movie, and like Greg Kinnear's character wouldn't have had made like but then that she big would, of a difference. Then she would be conflicted about communicating with her email guy. She'd be like, "Yeah, let's just meet." Yeah. She has to. She has to have the conflict, Sasha. Yeah, I just don't feel like Greg Kinnear is that important to that movie. Not the yeah. way that he's important and as good as it gets. Oh, true. Or Little Miss Sunshine. <gasps> he's great in Little Miss yeah. Sunshine. Anyway, Spooky anyway, Twins, who are played by Jeremy you, Irons. But if you want to watch what looks to be a really dumb comedy about <laughs> conjoined twins, played by Matt Damon and Greg Kinnear, <laughs> that exists. Um, Yay! I've, for, I've already forgotten the title. Stuck <laughs> on film. you. Stuck on you, I'm yes. going to find the poster and I'll put it in the Instagram post. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, anyway... <laughs> So here's my story about Stuart and Cyril Marcus. Hit me. They were identical twin gynecologists, gynecologists who practiced together in New York City. Um, so they were on staff at the New York Hospital and Cornell Medical College. They at first shared separate apartments in the same building as adults, but mm. then Cyril, who got divorced in 1960, moved into his brother's building. So that's when they, you know, they lived yeah. in the same building, and then soon. After that, the two began sharing an apartment because Stuart Marcus's longtime girlfriend had moved out. So, okay. like, at that point, they were just, like, living together because, hey, like, we can. Right? Why not? So, for the longest time, these two brothers were highly esteemed gynecologists. They had both graduated with high honors from NYU's Upstate Medical Center. And they even wrote a textbook and a number of articles in numerous medical journals. Mm-hmm. And they also worked at Cornell's Hospital in New York. And then mm-hmm. they also shared a very successful private practice. Okay. So think like Mindy Kaling, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The Mindy Project. The Mindy Project, right? But with twins. But with twins. So already sounds like, haha, that could be kind of funny. Yeah, right? I'd watch that sitcom. I mean, you could put like twins in Mindy Kaling's show and then it would be like okay yeah, yeah. Haha, that's a funny thing yeah. right you like, don't hey, know hey. which gyneco- gynecologist you have you say oh hello doctor uh, oh, whoever and they go no 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 you must have my brother as a doctor yeah. ha 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 I gave you my phone number why didn't you call slap right. oh no that was my brother and then like you know Mindy Kaling trying to tell him apart yeah it would be funny yeah she right? like draws a marker slash on one of them and, so like, she knows Morgan is friends with one but not the other yeah like, you know he hates the other, <laughs> he hates one. The other one and it would be funny right <laughs> yeah However, Mindy Kaling, call us. We have a great idea for a show. <laughs> However, eventually, their hospital, the, the hospitals that they worked for, knew that something was wrong. With oh, them. good. Over time, the Marcus's, Marcus brothers' behavior had become increasingly erratic. They had started be- skipping skipping their shifts at the hospital and canceling appointments at their private practice. Mm. And on several occasions, the hospital had to step through, it, like with administrative action, in order to protect patients and hospital from pos- possible malpractice. Mm. So. There was one point where the hospital informed the twins that they would no longer be appointed to the staff and that their tenure would cease at the beginning of that summer. Mm-hmm. And I'm th- sure they took it well and nothing well, bad Well, so happened. at this point, they had been on staff for over 15 years mm-hmm. and they were offered the, a d- chance to appeal the decision mm-hmm. before the board. Sadly, the brothers failed to show up for their appeal because <laughs> by the time the appeal date had been set, they were already dead. Well, that took a turn I wasn't expecting. And it's funny because Courtney had just, like, gone to, like, drink water and then, like, stopped. <laughs> I was very close to a spit take, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. <laughs> so, drugs and depression were initially theorized to be the cause of the brother's demise. Okay. But medical examiners later ruled their deaths to be caused by a barbiturate overdose. Oh. Whether they had been longtime users of the drug still remains a mystery. Hmm. So, this is in 1975 at this point. Okay. okay? So, like, in 1960s, it was, like, when they were starting their careers and living in mm-hmm. New York, da-da-da. 
1975 is when everything comes to an end. Yeah. All right. They probably so, got hooked on like Percocet or whatever. Or something like that. So for a week, so they they were fired. There was going to be a you know, hearing or yeah. whatever for them to appeal, but a week in July 1975, neighbors started complaining about a foul-smelling odor oh, emanating no. from the Marcus apartment. And on July 17th, 1975, they were found dead in Cyril's apartment on 450 East 63rd Street in Manhattan. If you live there, please write to us because <laughs> I have so many questions about the ghosts that might live there. So again, at first people thought they would draw, like d- died from withdrawal, right. but the, oh, from the withdrawal, like from withdrawal of barbiturates. Interesting. Right? But then the talks they looked into it and again, like apparently the report had been done in error. It was just like this weird thing, right? Okay. They're, so their death is so they fucked up the they death fucked report. up the death report. Okay. But it seems that Stewart had died between July 10th and July 14th, mm-hmm. and Cyril died like between July 14th and July 17th. Weird. Because he had been seen outside the apartment. So he was living in the apartment with his brother's dead body? I don't know. The fuck? It's weird. And in reports, one of them had been completely naked, and the other what? one had been his underwear. So, like, that's another thing. So they both were basically dead Ugh. naked. Yeah, it was weird. But neither body showed anything, like, any signs of, like, fatal convulsions that usually accompanies narcotic withdrawal. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, the two of them were just dead the same week. And they were like, well, that's weird. Yeah. And imagine summer 1975 Ooh. in New York City. Probably not a ton not of a AC. Good, not a good smell. Right? No. The Marcus's brothers' lives and the circumstances of their death are a subject of an article in Rose, Ron Rosenbaum's collections of essays, The Secret Parts of Fortune. Mm-hmm. There was also a novel called Twins by Barry Wood. Mm-hmm. And then this film called Dead Ringers by David Cronenberg, which drew oh. on elements from the biography of the Marcus Brothers mm-hmm. and then from some of these other essays and short stories gotcha. and, st- and novels. Yeah. So it's from 1988. Mm-hmm. It's a Canadian-American psychological body horror drama. Hard fucking so, pass. you know I'm never going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather eat glass than yeah. watch this movie. Body horror is just, like, not mm-hmm. going to do it for me. Not at all. I can't deal with sharp objects. I can't deal with blood. It's it's too much for me. Like, sometimes my friends will send me, like, comics and stuff that feature body horror, and I just, like, oh. like feel bad. Like, and most of it is, like, in jest or supposed to be, like, oh. absurdist humor or whatever, but it still, like, like really majorly squicks me out. I'm not into body horror at I all. I feel you. Yeah. In books, if I am, because obviously I love true crime. Whenever I get into, like, a really detailed description yeah, of everything, my imagination has to, like, it fuzzes it out. So yeah. I'm just like, I'm just gonna, like, blaze through this yeah. and block it out of my head. It's fine. It's all fuzzed out. I can't do it at all. So in the 1988 movie focuses primarily on their decline, their, okay. you know, uh, professional decline, and so then their deaths. Great doctors. Yeah. Okay. So this is definitely a highly fictionalized version of the story. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about the film. Please don't okay. sue us, Marcus family. Right. So Dead tw- Ringers centers on twin gynecologists, okay. just like the actual Marcus twins, yeah. right? Who use their identical nature to seduce women mm. into unwittingly falling for both of them. Mm. Alpha twin Elliot, it doesn't say like which one is which, right? There's right. Elliot and Beverly as opposed to Stuart and Cyr- Cyril. Okay. Okay. But Alpha Twin Elliot is the first to seduce a woman, right? And okay. once he's tired of her, he passes her on to his more demure and shy brother, Beverly. Ugh. 
And all the while, the women are unaware of the switch. Gross. However, when Beverly has his love unrequited by an artist, he begins slipping into a drug-induced insanity. Mm. Beverly starts to see women as strange mutations, and then ends up turning to a metallurgist to have him construct a strange set of archaic tools in order to deal with these mutant women. And I stumbled upon, in one of these (sighs) reviews, I found a picture of, like, the things, and they are... I'll send you the picture to put on the Instagram, maybe. Okay. I don't know. It made my... Your soul die? Not even my soul die. It made certain parts of my body clench oh, so hard no. that I was like, oh no, right? Like, when you look at it, mm-hmm. especially if you're a woman and you look at these pictures, oh. you will want to, like, cry. And even if you're a guy, Tell you what. there might be some of these things that you would think about and you'd be like, oh no, maybe I won't put it up. No, I was no, say, I'm not going to send you. Instagram, but if you Google are interested it. in this movie, yeah, maybe Google Dead Ringers and see like what comes up. Because, <laughs> Your punk ass can Google um, it. Because I don't want to see it. They they look kind of just very surrealist. Like medieval torture? M- not even medieval torture. They, they're they kind of surrealistic shapes. Ooh. You wouldn't think of them being like some kind of surgical or like gyneco- gynecological tool oh. unless you were told that it was oh. and then you'd imagine that going into your no. vagina and you'd be like, oh no! no. Yeah. It was really bad. Researching this was a nightmare. <laughs> oh, but also the uniforms that they wear as the gynecologist yeah. were also really creepy. Oh. I might send you that. Just okay, yeah. Like, it'll be, yeah. But, we can do that one, but for the weird shit, uh, Google it. Yeah, it was, it, this movie looks like a very highly stylized, terrible the nightmare. power movie. Yeah. So, strange set of archaic tools in order to deal with the mutant women, because again, he's like now hallucinating because he's he on drugs, right? not human, yeah. So, after Beverly injures one of his patients, he is suspended from the hospital and sent to a clinic for help, and I think Elliot also ends up being kicked out as well. They're like, we can't have the two of you guys are like really toxic, blah, blah, blah. Makes sense. But eventually, the two brothers slip into a drug-addled psychosis, which ends, results in some seriously fucked up everything including oh. disembowelment oh i know it's Yikes. just terrible terrible terrible, terrible. I, I read several reviews and you several detailed thing. descriptions of this film and no. it's awful but in the end of the film version of cyril and god, the other one the other one god <laughs> cyril and stewart's lives as elliot and mark uh, elliot and beverly yeah in the end of that film version elliot volunteers to be killed yeah because I think it gets into this whole thing, like the alpha twin, one has beta to live. twin, one yeah. has to live, whatever, and he's like, his life is falling apart. So Beverly mutilates him with one of the fucked up tools he used on a patient, and then after calling his unrequited love on the phone once more, and she was like, wait, who is this? Mm-hmm. He goes back to his now dead twin brother and, like, dies in his arms. Jesus. So the two of them still die in the end, Ugh. just not in the... Not same way same that way. they died in real life. Ugh, that's some spooky twin it's bullshit. Some spooky twin bullshit. You know, if if you choose to watch that, because it's a David Cronenberg movie. David? He is well known for being like body horror to an extreme that most people, I think, can't stomach. Yeah. So anyway, that was cool. That um, seems fine. And now I need to, like, watch Twins instead. <laughs> Get some Schwarzenegger and De- DeVito. I mean, they're basically identical. They're basically identical. Yeah. I mean, I know one is the Penguin and one is Mr. Freeze, but which is which? But which is which? I don't know. Who's on It's Always Sunny? We don't know. Could be either. 
Do I have time for some Swedish twins? Yeah, hit okay. the Swedish twins because I I actually am familiar with the story. And yeah. like, let's just do it let's real do quick. It. Okay, I so think... so here's one more. Still pretty fucked up, but not as fucked up as the gynecologist. Yeah, you started real dark. So this I is gonna be real like dark. this is gonna be the light amuse bouche. And there is there is a my favorite murder episode about these. So yeah. I feel like a lot of our listeners are also murderinos. So you guys know what's coming. Yeah. So Swedish twins Ursula and Sabrina Eriksson had no history of mental illness and lived normal, happy lives with their respective families. Then one day, Ursula traveled from the U.S. to Ireland to visit her sister. Wow, fun! And so this is respective lives with their families as adults, yeah. you know? So, like, they, they grew up, they're fine. Yeah, right? they were in their 20s, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. And what followed, surprisingly, was a spree of violence and shared madness that resulted in several traffic accidents, one murder victim, and a whole bunch of baffled cops. Yikes. So Sabrina and Ursula were in Ireland when, for unknown reasons, they hopped on a bus to London without telling anyone. The twins are apparently behaving like hooligans whose team had just lost. So the driver kicked them out in the middle of the highway and told them to walk it off. And so they did just that. They started walking in the middle of the highway, not giving a shit about the speeding cars. At this point, they ran to a group of officers who were being filmed for a cops-like show for the BBC. And their cameras captured every batshit insane moment that came after that. The video that follows at times looks staged as hell, but it isn't. And there's a real murder conviction to prove it. That's just... Yeah, I've watched the video, and honestly, it does seem fake. Yeah. Because it's like, this can't be real human people. Right. It just can't. And the funny thing is, the article where I got this from was like, no, that's just how British people talk. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, yeah, because, like, the way... It's it's a cops-like show, so it's, like, all on their dashboard cam. So you see them just, like, talking to these girls, being like, so how much have you been drinking? And blah, right. blah, 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 blah. And then, like, all of a sudden, violence. Yeah. So as seen in the video, twins were the twins are detained by cops and appeared calm yeah. until Ursula suddenly sprinted onto the highway and ran directly into the wheels of a truck. The cops hadn't even had time to react when seconds later, Sabrina did the same thing and was struck by a car. Yeah. It's, like, it, it's very jarring because it's like they're just having a conversation and then all of a sudden, one girl bolts and they're all kind of just like, Wait, what? The what? And then the other one goes. Yeah. It's insane. And that wasn't the end of it, because despite the whole car just struck her thing, Sabrina got up and attacked the officers. Yeah. It took six people to contain her, and Ursula was raging too and probably would have done the same thing, except, you know, her legs were broken. Yeah, I I was like, her injuries were serious. The other other sister somehow, like, had minor injuries, despite running into a truck. Well, no, no, it was the one who ran to the truck who couldn't... Oh, that's right. Yeah, the other one just got hit by a car. Oh, well, you know, walk that off. Yeah. Let's just go do some running. But afterward, eventually, Sabrina calmed down and was behaving so normally that the cops released her the next day. This proved to be a huge mistake, (laughs) because hours later, she murdered a man who offered her a place to stay. Great. And then she launched herself from a 40-foot bridge. Cool. But... She survived somehow. Apparently these twins were made of fucking titanium. <laughs> and was sentenced to five years in prison. Why only five years? Because lawyers had no trouble proving that she was crazy as all fuck. <laughs> because who runs into fucking traffic? Right, when all of this happened. But if Sabrina was the crazy one, then why did Ursula jump onto the highway too? Who knows? They so, were both the crazy twin. So the analysis I've seen of this is that it's folie à deux which is a weird psychological phenomenon in which two people share a mental illness yeah, somehow. There's a great law and order criminal intent about it because oh 
there's a law and order for everything. But, yeah, it's just, it's just a weird thing. Yeah. So, they ended up, so again, like, this shared psychosis. Neither of them had traces of drug or alcohol in their bodies, but psychologists determined that if one of them had, like, suffered from a form of temporary insanity, mm-hmm. then the other one could have been, infe- you know, quote-unquote infected by the twins' madness because mm-hmm. their bond was so strong that if one of them lost their minds, yeah. the other one could too. But they were declared sane, and but we're also pretty sure that they probably need to stay apart or, yeah. you know, no family reunions. Yeah, because the um, fact that they were normal and healthy up until yeah. then, like, normal obviously is a given quantity. There was probably something cooking up behind the scenes. But the fact that it was, they were adults when they reunited and then all of this shit went down, like, yeah, that's weird. Although, if they, I think they were in their mid-twenties, and that's yeah. usually, and if you're going to get a mental illness, it usually starts popping up in your twenties. Yeah, and they're, they're both, like, they both, uh, Ursula survived the accident. Which is insane. So, like, they're both alive, they're just both declared sane, and yeah. they're fine now. Which, like, how do you legally force them not to hang out? Right. It might just be one of those things that's just, they figure it's it would be healthier for us to maybe not be together. Yeah. Hopefully. But, yeah, I can't even. But lucky for me, every twin that I know is totally normal, normal and, healthy. and healthy. They've never run into traffic. Yeah. They... I'm more interested in the stories that are like the ones who have ESP or they could like pre- always predict the other ones like phone call and oh, like yeah. they know how they're feeling. Yeah. But... There's, there was a great list from Ranker that was, like, lists of weird twin bullshit, <laughs> where it's, like, a twin feels her sister's car accident. Yeah! Or twins can predict, you know, the other's disappearance. Mm-hmm. Or the, a woman saw her twin's ghost on the day that he died. Ooh. Or mother of twins remembers their telepathic connection, like, oh. being able to tell. There was one where, like, a twin rescued her sister from sleep paralysis. Oh. Yeah, so that's nice. I know um, there's one, there's a couple different stories where it's, like, twins who were separated at birth. So, like, they were given up for adoption, they were adopted separately, and raised in different parts of the country by different parents, but they somehow ended up having the same name, mm-hmm. and they're both carpenters, and they both oh, love tuna fish yeah, sandwiches. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. How did this happen? The other kinds of stories I like are the ones where, like... Yeah, my twin brother was getting his ACL, you know, repaired, mm-hmm. and my leg wouldn't stop cramping throughout the entire yeah. surgery. The fun yeah. kind or, of mystical or, twin you know, my twin, si- my twin sister is pregnant, and I'm having all the same, like, oh, morning sickness you symptoms. you feel the baby kicking. You feel the baby kicking, Ugh, like, that phantom would fuck things. Me up. Yeah. Ugh. That, that'd be weird. Yeah. Especially if one twin's like, I'm never having kids, and the other one's like, I'm having kids, and then you're both having, like, contraction pains on the yeah. day the baby comes, and it's like, yeah. Ugh. What but even are twins? We, we, we do know. We do know. Yeah. But also, we don't. Yeah. At least the, the weird connection parts. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Wow. It's absolutely bonkers. It is completely bonkers. Bonkers.net.gov slash. It is twin sanity. Twin sanity. Twin sanity. Should we call it twin sanity instead of twinister? We call it twinister twin sanity. Yeah. Why not? Why not twinister twin sanity? We'll go hard and. Then we'll go twin sane. So this twin is sane in the membrane. membrane. Okay. Twin sane in my brain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. It's Wednesday. We were inside the house watching Snowfall all day. It's fine. Thanks for joining us for another hour of spoop. Next week we'll be talking about Disney. Yes, because Sasha will be fresh off of her trip to Disney, so she will tell me if she witnessed any spooky things, and I'm gonna research any 
spooky tales. Do you yeah. want me to text you them while you're there? So no, that it's you can okay. Because it? the the spookiest thing I think I'm going to see is like a haunted mansion, which I'm really excited about. There are ghosts um, there. The first time that I went to any kind of Disney park was Tokyo Disneyland when I was four, mm. and in the castle in Sleeping Beauty's castle in Tokyo Disneyland had like an event with it was a tour through all of the villains. Oh. And I cried, oh, and no. I cried, and oh, I cried, no. because it was a special, again, special event where they brought all of the villains to one place, and they were all set up in, like, the scenery oh. of, like, their settings. Mm. And so they did this one, like, really crazy, like, switch where the evil queen from Snow White turned into the evil hag, mm-hmm. like, through, like, the power of lights yeah. flickering on and off, and, like, they were actually there, and I remember just, like, screaming and wailing, oh. and I could not make it through it. Again, I had just turned four. Yeah. And I'm scared of everything, even as an adult. Yeah. And so I, when we were in high school and we went on the band trip to, yeah. to Disney World, mm-hmm. I skipped Haunted Mansion completely because oh. I was too scared. Yeah. The first, <laughs> the first time, the first Disney park I ever went to was Disneyland because we were living in California. Mm-hmm. And apparently as a child, I was chill with like the spookier rides. Like my mom usually points to Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't remember how I was on Haunted Mansion. But I screamed bloody murder all through It's a Small World as a very, very small child. And my mom oh, would be I'm like, so look, Courtney, Dolly. And I just was having none of it. I'm so excited to go on It's a Small World. But mm-hmm. last night I had a nightmare about getting lost in a combination Universal Studios, Disney World, and Tyson's Galleria for some oh, reason. Oh, God. So it wasn't Tyson. Well, it, I guess like Tyson's Corner, but like with yeah. stores of like the high caliber of Tyson's Galleria. But oh. everything was like super avant-garde. And I think part of it was because we were watching oh, Project One Way yesterday. But I did get lost. I got separated from my boyfriend and I couldn't find anyone. And oh. like the park was closing. But I was on It's a Small World by myself. But it was like a scarier, more oh. in-your-face version. Like the ride was a lot smaller and more closed in. Yeah. So I'm still excited to go on It's a Small World, but it's yeah. like I already like started having nightmares about you've, this dream. I've had nightmares about the trip. And I've maybe like if Tokyo I don't know if Tokyo Disneyland has it. I don't think it does. And then I was trying to ride it when we were on this band trip, but the friends that I was on like kind of hanging yeah. out with at Disney World, no one wanted to go. Oh. So that's also like another thing that I've only ever seen it in the Disney sing along song video. Gotcha. And so this is like a hard fought trip for me (laughs) that like my parents only took me to Tokyo Disneyland once when I was little and it's like, oh, your parents only took you to Tokyo Disneyland once. But listen, (laughs) my family's from Japan, so like that's not a weird thing for me to say. My family took me to Tokyo Disneyland (laughs) once and we only lived in Japan for a year. Yeah, but like I've, I've just never been to Disney World with people who would want to ride on It's a Small World. Yeah. And so Fair. I'm really excited to ride It's a yeah. Small World. And I'll ask my mom, because my mom worked for Disneyland for a couple of years. I'll ask her if she has any spooky Disney trivia. Oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah. yeah. I do know that for Christmas time, mm-hmm. obviously you're not going around Christmas time, they redecorate Haunted Mansion yeah. so that it's Nightmare Before Christmas themed, and it's really cute. Aww. We went there the day after Thanksgiving once um, when my mom was working there, and it was adorable. Like, it was Aww. just, it was so cute. So. Yeah. I already know I want to go to Disney more and more after this trip. Yay! Now that I'm an adult and I can just, like, pay for myself to go. You can do what you want. <laughs> so want. that's the central lesson of today's Spoop Hour. It's... Be your own person. Be do your what own you person, want. Be your own person. Do whatever the fuck you want. If you're a twin, 
maybe talk to us because we want to know what your life is like. Yeah, if you're a twin and you have had any kind of spooky twin experience, even if it's just like, yeah, when my sister stubbed her toe, I felt it. Tell us that, please. But, like, just tell us your your spooky twin stories. Tell us your mystic twin stories. Tell us your general spooky stories. We love you. We want to hear from you. Happy spring. (laughs) Happy spring. It's fucking snowing. (laughs) Hi, I'm Lainey, host of the True Crime Fan Club podcast. If you're a true crime addict like I am, then my show is for you. I'll peel back the curtain and give you a glimpse into the life and crimes of some of the most demented minds. Check out the episode Broken Bonds and listen to a brother reveal a deeply held secret. Or hear about the day that the heavy metal community will never forget in the episode Dimebag. These episodes are just a sample of our catalog, so you have plenty to binge. Just search for True Crime Fan Club Podcast and any podcatcher. You won't want to miss an episode.